1: Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark.
0: Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Our guest today is Rod Lurie. He is the director of this summer's number one pay-per-view movie, The Outpost. Rod is an interesting guy because he is a West Point graduate and former air defense artillery officer in the U.S. Army After his time in service, he worked as an entertainment reporter and film critic, and then he transitioned into filmmaking by writing and directing his first feature film, Deterrence, which is a political thriller. He also directed The Contender, The Last Castle, Nothing But The Truth, and Straw Dogs. And most recently, he directed The Outpost, which is the story of the 53 U.S. soldiers who battled a force of roughly 400 enemy insurgents in northeastern Afghanistan. Rod, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast.
1: Amy, hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. And I am so thrilled that The Outpost has become part of Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment's offerings. What an amazing privilege it is for us to be the distributors of this incredible film. So
1: thank you. Really, you guys have been amazing, just amazing. And we're so happy to be with you. You 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 guys really kicked butt putting this movie out over the summer. Amazing job.
0: It was incredible. It was the number one pay-per-view movie for a good part of the summer. And that's ex- it's extremely rare for an independent movie to attain that number one status. And I know it was number one again more recently. And now there's a big event coming right. to launch it in movie theaters for Veterans Day. So first, just tell us about this movie, why you made it. How you did it, I know you brought in the soldiers who had actually been in that battle. You had them come in as advisors and in some cases as actors. I'd love to hear the behind the scenes of how you dreamed this up.
1: Well, I, I didn't dream it up. It was, it was dreamt up by uh, people like Jake Tapper, who wrote the book, upon which uh, it, it is based. And then uh, some producers um, and writers, the writers being Paul Tamacy and Eric Johnson, uh, reached out to, uh, to Jake. And, and asked if uh, they could adapt uh, the book into a movie. There was a time where the director, Sam Raimi, was uh, involved in the film, he was gonna direct it. He backed out for reasons I I really don't know, but certainly can respect. And his head of development, Paul Merriman, when he left, Sam took it with him, and he came to me and asked if I would uh, direct the film. I I suppose it had something to do with the kinds of films that I made. In fact, I'm a military guy myself. And so in about in 2018, we went to a studio called Millennium, who we knew had been interested in this movie. And, and those guys had, generally speaking, Amy, made uh, movies that, you know, mid-budget level action films that were very successful, like The Expendables or Angel Has Fallen or um, the Rambo films. And, and now we are proposing to them that we we're going to do a straight up war film by straight up meaning that it's not an action film. It is a film in a totally different genre. It's in the genre of movies like, you know, Private Ryan or uh, Black Hawk Down, movies like that, which they're not really accustomed to doing. But I think they wanted to start making films like this. And next thing you know, we're casting the film and, you know, we're in Bulgaria shooting it. And one of the things that I insisted upon was that, We hire as many actors as possible who had been in the military, in other words, veterans, and we got quite a few of those. And so, you know, and I think it all helped lend to the authenticity of the film. And, you know, the bottom line is, as you said, we made a movie that ended up being the number one film of the summer. And I think that the main reason for that is the authenticity of the film and the fact that millions of veterans are sitting down, their families and their friends, and they're saying, watch this. This is what it was.
0: It was just so extreme. And it was so difficult to see the position that those American soldiers were put in, basically in like a a bowl surrounded by mountains on all sides. They were sitting ducks. I couldn't believe that they could even get out of bed every morning when they were facing that kind of danger.
1: Well, then that's exactly correct. And and I guess I should have included that in my in my answer, that the, the film deals with uh, a unit. It's um, the Bravo Troop 361 CAV, who were men, the last group of whom were put into um, combat outpost Keating, which is at the base of the Hindu Kush mountains. And anybody that has any knowledge of the military will tell you that the last thing you ever want to give up is the high ground. So, they are at the low ground, and it was simply inevitable that they were going to be overrun one day by uh, the Taliban bad guys. And in fact, on a daily basis, these guys were being hit with pot shots from the mountains. But every time that the Taliban would fire two or three bullets at them, what they were really doing was seeing how they reacted. And they did this for a long time until they felt they were ready to attack, understanding exactly how the Americans were going to respond. What they didn't count on, they simply didn't count on, was the resilience of the Americans, the leadership of the Americans, the will to survive of the Americans, and Amy, most importantly, the willingness to die to save your brother next to you. They they just, I don't think that's in their military culture, but it is in ours, and inevitably, That's what made, uh, as pyrrhic a victory as this was, that is what made it a victory. Yeah, it was
0: incredible. And the acting was incredible. You have Orlando Bloom. You have a couple of sons of actors we know. We have Clint Eastwood's son, Scott. We have Mel Gibson's son, Milo. And that was very interesting to see the sons of famous actors who are now starting their own paths to greatness.
1: And you're several people shy as Richard Attenborough's grandson, Will Attenborough, plays Faulkner in the film. And then you've also got Scott Alda Coffey, Alan Alda's grandson, uh, plays Scusa. And the character of Jones is played by the son of Mick Jagger so it's it's just James Jagger, it's uh, so yeah, but that's all coincidental. I mean, we didn't plan on it, obviously, oh, I but. have no
0: idea when I watch it again, I'll have to look for them as well. That's oh, that's yeah. so interesting, yeah, I also noticed something really cool about the movie. You didn't have music in the background during the whole second half when they were actually fighting the battle, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, well, that, that was a decision that was that I made rather early on, that the score is uh, of the of the movie is really the sounds of the battle. And, you know, we want the movie to be as realistic as it as possibly can, especially in the battle. And so the one thing in, in movies that is never realistic is if you never have music following you around. And although I, I will say one day, one day I, I was talking to uh, DP, and he uh, was lighting a scene a certain way. And I said, let me ask you, where, you know, I was being a smart guy. What, what is the source of this light that is hitting our star? And he looked at me and he smiled. I'll tell you where the lighting, where the light comes from. It comes from the same place the music comes from. And so he was basically saying, you know, that, you know, in movies, not everything is, is realistic. And so I, I really wanted realism in the second half, actualism, I call it. And so I thought that that music would be a hindrance. Plus, if you don't have any music and then you use a piece of music, for example, when they're leaving the outpost and in those helicopters, the music that is there will be that much more effective and that much more powerful.
0: I thought the movie was absolutely spellbinding. Thank you. I mean, appalling in a way to see the danger they were in, but so inspirational It really gives an understanding of what our soldiers go through.
1: Well, can I, I, let me say something about that, if I may, which is really important. I think that in this battle, it's the most heroic battle, it's called the Battle of Kamdash. It's the most heroic battle of the um, the Afghanistan war. Two men received the Medal of Honor. There were two men received the Distinguished uh, Service Cross, which is the second highest award that you can get. Several men got the silver star, the bronze star, the purple hearts. You know, this became the most decorated unit of the Afghanistan war. And, uh, you know, every single one of them would give back every award they had to have back even one soldier who lost his life in this battle. So there was tremendous heroism that took place in this battle. And yes, we see the men losing their lives in the in this fight. And that normally would be a real a real bummer, and, and it is, but you also do understand you do understand the American soldier better, and people through tears also feel inspired at the end of this film.
0: I agree, I agree. It was very inspiring. It shows these guys were up against. The biggest challenge anybody could ever imagine.
1: I mean, what, whatever stuff you go through in your life, think about these dudes and, and what they, and what they yeah, have. Yeah,
0: nothing compares to the Battle of Kamdesh. Absolutely. I agree you know, with you.
1: You know, you know something, Amy? We showed this film. Let, let me tell you this. We showed this film in October of 2019 to the families of the fallen. Jay Tapper and I did. And, uh, and Millennium did. They, they Millennium flew all the families into Washington, D.C. to see the film. They were going to be the first people to see the film. And we were so nervous because what if the families of the fallen hated the film and hated how we represented you know, their loved ones, their sons or husbands, their brothers, their friends? How would they feel? And if they, if they revolted against the film, it, w- it would be over you know, for Jake and I. I don't know how we'd go on. But the opposite happened, which is that I I can't say they loved the film. That's the wrong way uh, to put it. But there were a lot of hugs and there was a lot of respect and a lot of appreciation. And the reason, Amy, is this that we told the truth about what happened to their loved ones. And in so doing, their names are going to be spoken forever. We have given immortality in a way to these guys who, you know, who lost their lives. And that is so crucial for closure for these these families. And I think that'll be true of the people, you know, watching the film in general, you know? They're going to get an understanding of what we are capable of as human beings.
0: Yeah, and I understand you brought... Back some of the soldiers who were in the battle, you brought them back to be actors in the film or to be technical advisors to you, and you brought them you brought them on location so that you were as accurate as possible, which is admirable.
1: Right, both those things are true. And a kid named Daniel Rodriguez, who was in uh, received a Bronze Star, he was in the mortar pit. He came back and he played himself in the movie, and. So he had to replicate the worst day of his life and, you know, took us through the process of the worst day of his life and including the death of his best friend. And he was cold and clinical as he took us through it. And he did his job as, as an actor. He did it quite brilliantly, I might add. And then he went somewhere after it was all done and fell apart, which is what a good soldier does, you know. We save the emotional collapse until after the work is done, after the mission is is completed. Ty Carter, who received uh, the Medal of Honor, was on the set for the entirety of the battle to help make sure that we were being uh, real and and authentic. He he showed us everything that he did, certainly, and we replicated it to a fault. The guy, um, Chris Cordova, he was Captain Cordova, who was a medical doctor, was on set with us and showed us exactly how he operated on and, you know, provided medical assistance to the soldiers that uh, entered the infirmary on, on that day. And Stony Portis, the commander of the unit, he was there to show us also what we got right and, uh, and corrected what we got wrong as we were shooting it. So it's, it's really, I mean, it's very, very authentic. The first half of the film deals Uh, Everything that happens in the first half of the film happened, but it did not necessarily happen to the unit in question. But the battle is as as pristine as we could possibly get it, I would say.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great film. And I know we are going to be really honoring our nation's veterans by having special screenings of The Outpost on November 11th, 12th, and they've added on two more days, November 13th and 14th also, in right. honor of Veterans Day, which is November 11th. Yep. And it's an event put on by an outfit called Fathom Events, who we work with on launching some of our better films. And people will be able to go and see a special director's cut.
1: Yes, ma'am. That right. is absolutely correct. I cannot tell you how excited I am about that. Because What's in
0: the director's cut? Tell well, us. Well,
1: we have extra scenes. Scenes that were not in... in who are not in the original, and you know sometimes director's cut includes scenes that uh, are not in the film because of you know a conflict of opinion between the director and the, and the studio. Who knows who's right and who's wrong? Now the director's always right, but the uh, but you know at least in this case, and so we're gonna we're gonna get to see. The scene, some of the scenes that I really coveted and really wanted in the film. The truth is that sometimes you, um, you know, you cut scenes for time. You know, the film is coming in a little bit, a little bit too long, and there can be other reasons to cut scenes. But now that the movie has had its proper run, you know, I get to show you a version of you know what I really, really wanted to do, and you're going to get it. And it's, you know, I think it's really wonderful. Look, there are millions of people have seen The Outpost. It, you know, it's pretty, we're really thrilled by how many people have seen this film, Amy. You know, everywhere that you could see it, especially when it was, uh, and, and it continues to be on, on VOD, on, on pay-per-view. But now they get to see it with these extra scenes, but also have the theatrical experience. You know, I made this film, I didn't make this film to be seen at home. You know, right. uh, I made you made it speech. for the
0: big screen.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and COVID, you know, screwed us up and, and uh, we couldn't show it at South by Southwest. We we're going to premiere it at West Point, which would have been amazing. And then there was going to be a, a, Fathom was going to do a 700 screen event uh, on July 2nd and that got upended by COVID. So now you get to see it. And, you know, if you're a soldier or you were a soldier or you know a soldier or love a soldier or love soldiers, I think this is, if if it's safe in your community, and I imagine when theaters are open, it means it's safe. Please see our movie, you know, in, in theaters where it was intended to be seen in the first place.
0: Yeah, so go find Fathom Events, find the Outpost. You'll be able to buy tickets. It's going to be in hundreds of theaters across the country, November 11th, 12th, 13th to 14th, socially distanced, wearing masks, all done properly. You'll be able to see... The outpost, the way it was designed to be seen, and with the director's cut, and I guess you also have some some of the soldiers right. who participated in the battle are, are in this director's cut also.
1: Yes, and and but really, at the you know the people that will be introducing to, uh, the film to you are going to be the actors who had been soldiers, and and I wanted to honor them and to set them aside and say. These are the veterans of the movie, The Outpost.
0: Yeah, so we're really so honored to be involved with showing The Outpost across the country in theaters starting November 11th, plus streaming on your TVs in your living rooms. Rod, thank you so much for letting us be part of The Outpost. We really appreciate it. And by the way, we also have found a way to use some of the proceeds from the film to support the Bob Woodruff Foundation, which is a wonderful organization we've supported with two of our past Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And they work with wounded warriors who are recovering from their physical and mental, I guess, wounds.
1: Fantastic organization. So I'm really happy that we're doing that as well.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much, Rod. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us today.
1: More than my pleasure. Thank you, Amy.
0: I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. And do go and see the outpost. It's important because we need to understand what our soldiers go through. And you'll be helping veterans as well. Come back next time to talk about a different kind of danger. And that is the danger that we are sometimes warned about in our dreams. After you hear these stories, you'll understand why we say that you should all listen to your dreams.